Welcome to the Ambitious Freelancer Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cross of The Happy Hour Canton, and I'm here to help you show up as your best self while you're finding clients, working with the clients, and getting those testimonials to build your better business. We'll be talking about everything you need to know when it comes to freelancing, whether you're a beginner or someone who has a few years under their belt. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 37 of the Ambitious Freelancer podcast. So today we're going to be talking about how to pitch multi-million dollar companies. So I'm going to go through the exact steps I use to pitch these companies, and I hope that you guys get a lot of valuable information from this. It's going to include a lot of wake-up calls, a lot of really important information, how I find the companies, and like I'm literally sharing all the tea. If you want like a more in-depth explanation, of like how I use some of these tools go to the description of this episode because I actually have a Facebook group and in that Facebook group I actually did a walkthrough of how I use some of these tools to find companies to find contact information so if you're a more visual person I definitely go to the Facebook group because I did that like last week so I'm really pumped about doing this episode and I'll probably turn it into a blog post I've already kind of started working on the blog post so if you're a more written person like you like like to like look at words that will be up at some point I don't know when but it will be soon on the ambitiousfreelancer.com I've kind of been neglecting that place because of the journals which by the way also in the description of the episode are links to the journals on Amazon so if you are at all interested in those go check those out so without further ado let's get into the topic at hand finding multi-million dollar companies pitching them and all of that good stuff and before before we get into that I do want to share a couple of caveats about pitching multi-million dollar companies that I don't think enough freelancers think about. So first and foremost, you're gonna have some imposter syndrome. In the last podcast, we did talk about cold pitching and imposter syndrome. It's really, it's gonna come for you. You know, it's to be expected. You're pitching a company who's making multi-million dollars who are well-funded. Some of them have a lot of education. So it's really important to think about that imposter syndrome and nip it in the bud before it gets to you. So thinking, yeah, I there are these imposter syndrome moments where you're like, oh my goodness, why, who am I to pitch this company? But you gotta push through that and do it anyway because that's how you're gonna actually get people who are willing to pay you your worth. I swear, I've talked, I, I don't know if I talked much about this episode here on the podcast, but one thing that really like blew my mind with the High Income Business Writer podcast was the episode, I think it's episode 158, I always talk about it and it's about what six-figure writers do differently and it was really talking about, you know, they pitch companies who can afford them. And so, God, there's gonna be all these things that are gonna happen in your life and when you're first starting, I don't know what that had to do with anything. But yes, there's going to be, like, when you're pitching these smaller companies, they can't afford you, so you're never gonna be able to make money if you're pitching companies who don't have it all together, who are maybe solopreneurs. Like, when I was pitching solopreneurs and literally... Literally, this time last year, I was still writing content for a company who paid me like $300 or $400 per post, but I was writing like 10,000 words, and I was writing something insane for that amount of money. And so, yes, I was making decent money, they were consistent, and bringing me 
getting money, but I was working for like five cents a word. Like actually not even five cents per word. It was four, it was like four and a half cents per word or something crazy. And then also Upwork was taking a percentage of that. And so I was working for like pennies on the word, literally. And so it really kind of drove me insane. Like literally all I was doing was working. And so yeah, I was making consistent income, but I was also writing my fingers to the bone. I was, if I was not writing, I was thinking, why am I not writing? And it was not a happy life for me. So I made more this year than last year, working less hours. And yeah, it's just all gravy trained from here. So pitching companies can afford you is so important. And that's why you got to get over your imposter syndrome. You've done the work. You, you know, slaved away at like low paying jobs. It's okay for you to pitch a company who has a little bit more up their sleeve, you know, a little bit more money to spend. So based on that, though, I do want to cover that what they have fundraised or what they raised, not all of that money is going to go to whatever your service is. So whether you're a writer or you do graphic design or you do editing or whatever, a multi-million dollar company cannot always afford to pay you a billion dollars. Obviously they can't because they're multi-million, but you know, they can't afford your super, super high rate just because they have a million dollars or they've raised two or three or four or ten million dollars because I will say that everything has a place. So yeah, there is usually a marketing budget within that money, but everything has a place. Every ounce of money that they have raised has a place in their budget. And for tech companies especially, a big part of that is going to engineering and creating products and things like that. Like things that are actually going to make them money, not necessarily the marketing behind it. So yeah, there's going to be a small portion of that that goes to marketing, but you shouldn't expect that multi-million dollar companies will be able to pay you, you know, $6,000 a blog post. That's just not going to be where it's at. So they might be able to pay you more per blog post than a solopreneur can, but there is so much red tape. And that's another thing. There's going to be bureaucracy here, you guys. I know a few episodes ago, I talked about how to deal with clients with longer than a normal payment timelines. And that's something you might have to deal with here. Like your uh, lead time for payment might be a little bit longer or actually might be short because I just worked with a multi-million dollar company and they paid me pretty much right away after I finished everything. So depending on the way the company is working, how it all works out, like sometimes you get paid right away. And I worked with some multi-million dollar companies where there was a lot of red tape and it took me like a month to get paid. So there are definitely differences between companies and how they run things and who's over things and all kinds of stuff. So I would just kind of be calm, cool, collected. There is going to be some things you're going to have to worry about. Some things won't go as smoothly as you want them to, but there's also going to be a lot of things that are going to go super smoothly. Like bureaucracy doesn't always take the cake, but I just really wanted to kind of knock those out because I think it's really important, especially the budgeting thing, because I know people are like, oh, they're just being cheap. They can afford to pay you more. And yeah, they can't afford to pay you more than like a solopreneur can, but I wouldn't expect them to be able to give you like $500,000 per blog post just because they raised $10 million. Otherwise, like they wouldn't have any money to handle with other writers or do all kinds of stuff that they need to do to run their business. Uh, They need to be smart with their money or they won't get any more money from clients and people in the future from, from donors. So they need to make sure that they manage their money and do it in a smart way. And that's just something we have to think about as freelancers. Like, are we asking for too much? So, you know, just that's some food for thought when you're pitching these multi-million dollar companies. So now let's get into the nitty, nitty gritty about where to find them. So this is what works for me. Obviously, there are so many ways to find multi-million dollar companies, but I think that this is 
is the best strategy that I've found for finding them because they can be pretty elusive. No, companies are pretty open about their funding usually, um, but it's still quite, quite hard sometimes to find those multi-million dollar companies unless you're really looking. So what I use is a combination of AngelList and Crunchbase. So AngelList is a site for startups. It's basically just like their little kind of like community or whatever. They can post about their company updates. They can post job opportunities. And it's just like got a really cool companies database. I think it's like angel.co slash companies. And I've talked about AngelList before. I have a whole entire episode dedicated to it. It's called the AngelList episode. I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but if you search that, you can find it. And I really love AngelList for finding these multi-million dollar companies. But the thing about AngelList is that it is a very, I feel like it's a newer player in this space. So people aren't always updating AngelList as much as they could be. So what I've found is that there's another similar service called Crunchbase that I really use to kind of make sure I pinpoint these multi-million dollar companies and get the most up-to-date information. I feel like people update Crunchbase a lot more than they update AngelList. So that's why I use a combination of both AngelList and Crunchbase to figure out companies and their worth and all that good stuff. Most of the time when I search for companies, they're on both AngelList and Crunchbase, but that's not always the case. But for the most part, I feel like they either they sign up for both. So the reason I use AngelList is because it's a very amazing free tool. It's a very powerful free tool. Crunchbase, on the other hand, has a lot of payments that you need to do. So they have a free plan, but some of the other things are paid. So whereas on AngelList, you can search their entire company database for free. On Crunchbase, you have to pay to get their entire search database. So for example, if you were just to search like generally for human resources companies on Crunchbase, you could only see the first for results. But on AngelList, you can see all of the results. So it's really fun to search for it on AngelList over Crunchbase because I'm not trying to pay money. So I usually start with AngelList and doing the search there, searching for just like generally searching for companies. And then once I found a company I think is really appealing, I check out their blog because I'm a blog writer. So that's what I'm usually pitching for. And I also check out their profile on Crunchbase to see if I can gather any more information because the information on the company profiles are really robust on Crunchbase and as long as you have a company name you can pretty much see a pretty robust profile of them on Crunchbase for free. You just have to have the name so you can't really do the searching on Crunchbase but once you have a name you can just type it into Crunchbase and they can quickly show you if they have a profile there or not and then you can look through some pretty impressive information like their like monthly visitor stats and you can get information usually more up-to-date information about their funding who is funding the company and all kinds of stuff like that their employees like the profiles are just really robust on Crunchbase which is why I really enjoy using that system for finding companies so I will usually check that out and then if I think that this company is someone I'd like to pitch I go over to linkedin.com so linkedin is a really big part of my pitching strategy for any company whether it's multi-million dollar companies or smaller companies so the reason I love linkedin is because I use a plugin called find that email to do cold pitching and I've talked about this I think in a cold pitching tools episode or I don't know if I talked about it here or if I just wrote about find that email before but I really love it it's a google chrome 
extension and it uses people's LinkedIn profiles to find their email information. So what you do is you go to LinkedIn. Usually I go to the company page because one of the best things about the company page is that you can easily find someone's list of employees essentially based on their company profile. So what happens is you type in the company, you pull up their company profile, and then it's usually like in the top corner of that page. It says like see blank employees on LinkedIn or see their employees on LinkedIn or something like that. So I'll click on that and then I'll bring up a whole list of all of their employees that claim themselves um, to be an employee on LinkedIn. So then from there, I can click on the profile that makes the most sense. Usually that's a marketing manager or if they have one, a content marketing manager. Not all companies have content marketing managers though, which is why I don't always um, go for the content marketing managers. The smaller the company, the less likely they are to have a content marketing manager. So if they don't have one, I will usually just pitch the marketing manager. Usually the manager, I don't usually pitch like marketing assistants or anything like that. I just go for the manager and then if they sometimes do have a content marketing manager that person might just not be on LinkedIn so they usually point me in the right direction if they are not the person to pitch and then we can continue the conversation I can usually continue the conversation with the marketing person who is in charge of the blog so from there I after I get that person's information using find the email and find the email is usually pretty accurate as far as finding people's emails after you run the service and and then they'll spit out like whether it's a they're confident in the email or they are not. And then once you have that, you can go to your email and begin writing a pitch email. So with pitch emails, I'm normally just asking them, hey, telling them about myself and then telling them that I love their blog and that I'd like to write for it. I also usually include a few samples of my work, especially the ones that have my name attached and really just striking up a conversation and I'll send that off to them it's just a simple process you know it doesn't have to be long-winded even for a multi-million dollar company because people have things to do and they usually know whether or not they're looking for a writer or whether or not they want to work with you you don't have to go into this like long-winded article about like why you should work for them like especially you don't have to give all the information it's just starting a conversation striking that conversation it's not something that's like you know this huge proposal you're not seeing the number of proposals you're just sending them an interest letter essentially so that's what I do personally and that's what's worked for me I did do a, like a super long letter with with work right if you guys know I worked with them I've worked with them since October of 2018 so it's been over a year and when I first worked with them I was getting started with pitching and I sent them the longest letter I don't know why I did that but it worked out because we've worked with each other for almost for over a year now but no I do not send these long long-winded letters usually it's just a few paragraphs long and then like a few extra lines of just like a few pieces I've written and linking them out to that so I do not go into these long-winded rants anymore and I think that's like the best way to go because marketing managers are busy anyway and so they don't have all the days to read your email and it's just something to think about so yeah that is basically how I pitch multi-million dollar companies there's nothing super special about it it's just how I go about it and I really hope that it's helping gonna help you pitch those companies who are bigger and I really want to see how you guys pitch companies so definitely shoot me an email or 
Instagram, I guess. Hold on. Yeah, you can send me an email at amanda at thehappyarkansan.com to talk about this. Or you can just join the Facebook group and talk about it. I don't know why I said email, but you can. I'm always loving to answer your questions in there if you have any. And I'm always doing live streams and I'm sharing articles and doing all kinds of fun stuff in the Facebook group. And yeah, so let's close this on out and I'll talk to you guys soon. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Thanksgiving and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye! Thank you so much for listening to the Ambitious Freelancer podcast. I'm so excited that we got to hang out today. If you want to hang out between uploads, check out thehappyarkansan.com slash ambitiousfreelancers. There you will find more support and advice as you grow your freelance business and connect with other listeners of the podcast. I cannot wait to see you in the group and I will talk to you in a few days with some more great advice.